0: In the Joseph saga of Genesis, chapter 45 is where it all comes together. It's a scene of intense emotion. It's framed by tears. There's crying at the beginning and tears at the end. Joseph cries so loudly that the people who are outside of the room hear him. Even the people who are down the street in the palace hear him sobbing. This is chapter 45 of Genesis, beginning with verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. "'Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, "'Thus says your son, Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. "'Come down to me, do not delay. "'You shall settle in the land of Goshen. "'You shall be near, you and your children, your children's children, "'as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. "'I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, "'so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty.'" And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it's my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father here. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and he wept while Benjamin wept upon his neck and he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them and after that his brothers talked with him. This is indeed a story of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Journalist Joshua Prager wrote a book compiling a list of quotes of famous authors for every birthday, for every year of one's life. So at age nine, what you remember seems forever because you can remember everything. At age 16, a 16-year-old knows what it is to suffer. At age 30, at 30, a man steps out of the darkness and wasteland of preparation into active life. It is time to show one's self. This is a quote from Tomas Mann from the novel he wrote titled Joseph and His Brother's. One steps out of darkness and wasteland of preparation into active life. It's time to show oneself. This is exactly the Joseph of chapter 45 of Genesis, stepping out of darkness and the wasteland of preparation and revealing who he is, who he really is to his brothers. He says, I am your brother, the one that you sold into Egypt. Do not be afraid. God has been at work. God has been at work. In verses 5 through 8, Joseph says to his brothers, God's work has been about life. For sustenance, God has sent me here before you. God sent me before you to make a remnant on earth to preserve life. And so it's not you who sent me here, but God. The essential message here is God has been at work. In the years that the brothers have been apart, Joseph can see God creating, redeeming, bringing forth life. In a commentary on the book of Genesis, Terence Fretheim wrote In our own world, the tracks of God seem so often ambiguous at best. In our own world, the tracks of God seem so often ambiguous at best uncertain, difficult to distinguish, lacking clarity. I think what Fretheim says is true. Evidence of God's presence can be hard to spot. So I wondered this week, if I were tracking God, if I were tracking God's life-bringing work through my years, what would I be looking for? Where did God leave tracks? How do I know when God is creating and redeeming and bringing forth life in me and around me? Much like the scene of Genesis 45, it's been my observation that tears are often a sign that God is at work. I don't cry easily, and I don't much like it when I do, but tears can signal a spiritual shift within me or around me. I think this was the case a few years ago at my friend's ordination service. My very first year out of seminary working in a church, a teenager, a young woman, made a lunch appointment with me to tell me that her Sunday school teacher, a fellow staff member of mine, taught that women shouldn't be pastors. The Bible forbids them to teach, and God doesn't like it. She wanted to know what I thought. I don't agree, I told her, and we talked about why. But truth be told, the news was discouraging to me that first year of work in a church. It took the wind out of my sails. It just wasn't right. Fast forward 10 years later, an invitation sent to me from that very young woman I had lunch with to attend her ordination service as a pastor in the United Methodist Church. I got to walk forward during the service and stand with her as the bishop, Bishop Janice Huey, laid hands on her and prayed for her. As I walked to the front of the church, my tears started. If I had had the ability to send everyone out of the room like Joseph, I would have done it clear out. But instead, there were lights and cameras. And so my quivering chin was projected on the big screen for all to see. I couldn't hold it together. It was just too rich, too evident that my stuff was being set straight. When what is fair prevails, when what is fair prevails over bias and partiality, when liberation happens, I often, I often spot it. And God is at work. There is an element of justice in Genesis 45. The brothers who sold Joseph into slavery now bow before him. He dreamt this. And when he steps out of darkness and reveals his true identity, there's no more hiding and God is at work. But justice isn't the only place where God works. I saw a story this week about a woman in Omaha, Nebraska. Doris Griffin is her name. She's 73 years old, and she broke her arm just a few months ago in May. While being treated for a broken arm at the hospital, she was also tested for COVID-19, and she tested positive. And so Doris was sent to an isolated rehab center for COVID patients where she was introduced to a medical aide named Bev Morrow, While doing the intake paperwork, the two discovered that they were sisters, and they hadn't seen one another in 53 years. Bev, the medical aide, was a baby 53 years ago, and she was put into the foster care system. But Doris said about meeting her, well, she did look kind of familiar. When there is reconciliation, God is at work. You see, Joseph is with his people again family that he didn't ask to leave, and he gets the news that his father is still alive. He will see his father again. I think I understand the power of reconciliation right now. I was on a Zoom class this week with people that I love, but I haven't been with, and just to see their faces was uplifting. I know that to be in their presence will be even better. J.R.R. Tolkien, the author, told a friend that when he wrote the scene at the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where all the characters are reunited after the ring is destroyed, his tears kept smearing the ink. Reconciliation and tears and justice are all places where God brings forth life. They are tracks of the divine. But this is not all. You know, this is the time of year I remember an important milestone in my family. Taking my first child to college. It was a big threshold to cross. Keith and I worked hard to get her set in a place all of her own, independent from us. And when we left the campus, she was in good shape, and man, we were exhausted. When we got back to the interstate, my tears started, and I couldn't turn them off. What is it, Keith asks. She's good. She's going to do great. Why the crying? She'll be fine. I know. I know, I said. It's just that I can see every single thing I did wrong for the last 18 years so clearly. I wish I could redo it for her. Lucky for me, grace abounds in that child. She still comes home. And she still gives long, good hugs. Joseph said to his brothers, don't be pained or incensed with yourselves. And he embraces them all, every single one of them. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a place where God resides. Forgiveness and reconciliation and justice are all places where we can spot God at work bringing new life. The story caught my eye this week of a newborn born in Beirut, Lebanon, on August the 4th, minutes after the explosion at St. George's Hospital right in the middle of the wreckage. The father, intending to capture his son's first moments on camera, instead recorded windows crashing on his wife's hospital bed. I saw death in my own eyes, he said brushing off blood and shattered glass. The medical staff helped the mom into the corridor. There was no electricity. The sun was starting to set, and so with cell phone lights, baby George was born. His father had one objective, to get his son and his wife to safety. And so they got into a stranger's car, and they were driven to a hospital outside of the capitol, where George was finally bathed and cleaned. You see, every time, every time there is a light, no matter how dim, every time there is a new birth, God is at work. God is at work. Can you see it? Pray with me. Creating, redeeming, sustaining God, we are overcome with admiration of your work. From wreckage and destruction, you bring new life. You forgive, you reconcile, you set things right. Lord, we ask that you would work powerfully in us and among us. We seek to discover your tracks and to follow your ways. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes and soften our hearts. Amen.